Raise your hand if you've been wronged by somebody. Wronged by somebody. Oh yeah, every hand should be up. It's, it's fallen human nature. It's the fallen world. Like we've all been wronged by somebody. Uh, we've been in a situation where somebody just did something that was really messed up. And uh, that wrong, the level of the wrong is on a continuum. And on one end of the spectrum, you know, it's pretty light. It's like somebody cutting you off in traffic, like I always talk about. And on the other end of the spectrum, it's Jesus dying on the cross. So one end, it's not very serious, and on, on one end, it's as serious as it gets. So here's how I want us to frame this. We've all been hurt. We've been wronged. I would argue that the hurt hurts as much as it does because something's been taken from us. It's been taken. And I call this the continuum of loss. And I think it has seven major stages. As you're listening to this, um, I want you to keep one thing in mind. Sadness a lot of the times is a response to loss. You know, we can feel sad and it's like, well, I don't know where that came from. A lot of the time it's because we've lost something. And so to have a good solid understanding of what can be lost and who's taken it can really help us in our spiritual life. If we've lost something, if we're sad, you've heard me say it, Many times, in many different ways, it's pointless to run from that. You know, we try to run from it with distraction and buying and drinking and sexing and whatever, whatever our particular preferred brand is. Um, but it just doesn't work. It doesn't work, at least not permanently. It's like a temporary distraction kind of a thing, but it doesn't actually address what's making us sad. And this is what God offers us. Rather than some sort of temporary distraction, he offers us a permanent solution. And so we want that permanent solution. To get it, we just have to face it head on though. We can't be running around and running away from it. We have to have the courage, we have to have the spiritual vitality to just face it head on. So how do we do that? How do we face what makes us sad head on, acknowledge who's taken something from us, and even treat the person who's taken it from us like Jesus would treat them? That's the goal. Stage one, there's seven stages and they're increasing in severity. Stage one is just convenience. Okay, we live in a country that's extremely convenient. If you don't believe that, try going to Italy. I lived there for half a decade, you know, like it, if you want to get three things done, you might get one of them done just because somebody closed their shop for absolutely no reason whatsoever. So we live in a country that's extremely convenient. We can get on our phone and just order something and uh, it arrives at our door. It's like magic. It's wild. Who's taken convenience away from you? We can get pretty mad about that. 
convenience. Stage two is preference. Over time, you know, especially as an adult, like we learn what we like. And, um, you know, you like coming to St. Patrick's for mass, but for whatever reason, that weekend you had to go somewhere else. Maybe you're traveling and whatnot. Like who's taken preference away from you? Who's exposed you to the purgatory of guitars and hand-holding? Like, what, what, what is that? Like, just think about preference. Stage three is goods. Goods. Uh, we're blessed with having access to a lot of goods in this country. A lot of goods. The median U.S. income it last year was $74,580. The median global income is less than $3,000 a family. Like we're in the top part of the top part of the world. So we have access to a lot of goods, but people can still steal from us in different ways. Angry sibling does something weird, takes the inheritance away, an employer unjustly docks our pay. Who's taken goods away from you? Who's made it harder to have what you need to thrive, to really thrive? Stage four is time. Starting to get more serious now. Time, ooh, this is the one that really gets me. Time is far more valuable than stuff, right? Because you can buy stuff, but you can't buy time. You just have a certain amount of it in this life, and that's it. So if someone wastes your time, that can be a very major offense. Who's taken time away from you? Who's consistently wasted your most valuable asset? Stage five is safety. So in order to just live our lives, we got to be safe. There's no way that you can go about your day if you're in a war zone, right? It totally readjusts your priorities. You can't just live your life. You're totally redirected. You can't grow in a household where your parents are doing things that are unsafe. Who's taken safety away from you? Who's made it harder to live near just the baseline of human life? Stage six is integrity. Integrity. If you're a person with integrity, you're generally a moral person. So to have integrity usually means to stick to your moral principles, like no matter what is going on around you. But people can corrupt those. They can slowly uh, erode to the point that you don't even really recognize yourself. That can happen. Who's taken integrity away from you? Who's had such a bad influence on you that you actually care less about going to heaven now? That's very serious. And stage seven is life. It can be something as simple as getting physically hurt or as complex as getting killed. Our life is a gift from God. And people can take it unjustly. Jesus taught us that. Who's tried to take your life from you, who's physically hurt you or tried to kill you. This is the scale. Why do we think about it? Why think about who's taken something from us? 
It's because God's greatest aspect is mercy. He's got to be omnipotent. You know, he's got to be omnipresent. He's got to be all of these things to be God. But his greatest characteristic is mercy. He's merciful with the merciless. And that doesn't mean he downplays the severity of their actions, and it, it doesn't mean that he looks the other way. It means that the core of his heart, despite all of that, is that he wants them in heaven. He wants them in heaven. He doesn't rejoice at the demise of the wicked. He rejoices when they turn from their way and they come back to him. If we're going to be Christians, if we're going to be practicing Catholics, no matter what's been taken from us or who's taken it, our response has to be the sincere desire for that person's salvation. If that's not there, the scriptures say very clearly, we have no business expecting it for ourselves.